Brian Heineser, the fiendish overlord of the Amateur Skeptics podcast, wants you to believe that he's a mild-mannered character. But the truth is that he's a violent, petty man, liable to beat people with a tuna, while it's still in the can. Listen to this testimony from his putative podcasting companions. Every time he's displeased with one of us, he he kills a puppy. I can't talk to you. You don't know what he's like. I, I, I have a family. Every other week I go through an hour of pure torture. My therapist hasn't been able to help me. I honestly don't know if I'll ever be okay again. Brian Heineser, just what kind of a man are you? I am the kind of man that will smack you with the tuna. The man's clearly gone too far. Tell Brian Heineser that we, the public, will no longer tolerate his shenanigans. Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast, number 108, a proud member of the Dumbass Media Network. I'm your host, Brian. I'm being brought to you tonight by Zaya Rum, world's best sipping rum. There's no, no, there's no better way to wake up the next day and say, where the fuck am I? Zaya Rum, you too can join the Navy, brought to you by Rum Drinks. Joining me this evening, as well, Ian. Good evening. I'm being sponsored by Billy Bob's uh, Used Dildo Emporium. <laughs> All right. And Terry? My sponsor tonight is Baba Black Lager from Uinta Brewing in good old Utah. All right. And Mac? I am brought to you tonight by the Pistachio Muffins from Sprouts Marketplace. If you need a reason to wake up in the morning, Pistachio Muffins are that reason. All right. How is everybody doing this evening? I'm doing great. Well, we, will, we will do our sponsors proud, won't we? I function. <laughs> I bet none of those people are going to be happy if they find out they're connected to this podcast in any way. I was way, just shape wondering if they need to put <laughs> hey, a number, we do not speak that's for right, our That's right. That's right. With the number of pistachio muffins I have bought, I think I owe them some pussy. All sponsors, all, all sponsorships are fictional and do not, do not reflect <laughs> in, in, in the, uh, the, uh, moronic. like the, the word fictional? Right. Well, I mean, they, they didn't actually sponsor us, right? We, we chose real spot, we chose real companies, but they aren't actually sponsoring us and none of our backwards, um, commentaries reflect on them. There. Good enough? Good enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're impressed. I'm not so sure that Ian chose a real company though. No, his might, you know, use dildo, you know. Dear God, I hope not. <laughs> I put that on Facebook one time. I, I, I put up um, on Facebook, where can I buy used dildos? Got great responses. Okay. Yeah. Goodbye, Ian. It was nice having you. Bye-bye. Dropped out. He dropped off the face of the earth. The question is, is he getting off on a used dildo? <laughs> well, he's back now, so you can answer that. <laughs> I went to hit mute and hit the wrong thing. Ah, I see. All right, well, we've got all sorts of fun for you this evening. We're going to talk about the British Scouts. Um, we're going to talk about Heartbleed, um, and we're hopefully going to uh, also talk about um, uh, uh, dating services. And uh, we'll also be talking about uh, big box stores or the small small stores fighting back against big box stores. But as always, to start it off, we're going to start off with the masturbation moment. All right, Terry? So Oh, sorry. It's me. Am I up? Is yeah, it my you, turn? Yeah, you're up. Yeah, we're going right to... Oh, <laughs> yeah. no. I'm, you know right. what? Let's... I'm ready. Okay. Oh, wait. I can wait. I can... I'll wait. Oh, hold on. Let's go back. I'm sorry. <laughs> Impeachment? What is this? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So, let me... Uh, Ian's got a thing here. I'm going to show my love a bit to a few people. Okay. <laughs> let's put it that way. Okay. The first thing I'm going to show my love to tonight um, is a group called... Oh, okay. The group is the Imperial Court. This is the Imperial Court of Rocky Mountain Empire. Imperial Court is um, a nationwide non-profit group that basically is connected to lesbians, gay, bi's, and trannies. Um, they do. Tra- Ian, they, Ian they hold up, hold up. Yo, Ian, wait a minute. I don't, I don't think, think they say that... tranny. Yeah, tranny is not inappropriate. Is yeah, tranny okay. is not Sorry. acceptable. We know uh, this. Transsexuals. Thank you. Um, transgender, transsexual, uh, however you want to put it. Um. <laughs> the group has been around for, um, I guess at least the Rocky Mountain one in their pretty 41st year. Um, they have, I, oh, I was told over 62, um, empires now. Like I said, we're the Rocky Mountain Empire. 
Um, they are a nonprofit group. They do a whole bunch of various um, fundraising throughout the year, and that's really what they're all about. Is going out there, um, they put on you know burlesque shows and um, drag shows and stuff like that to raise money for whatever charity they pick. Um, I found out about the group Mile High Comics because the owner of um, Mile High Comics, Chuck, has gotten quite involved with the group and was busy helping to promote it to get for their last elections, which just happened a couple weeks ago. So I thought it'd be an interesting thing for some of our listeners to check out and learn about because it definitely is um, a worthy group to try and support because the, and the, uh, the incoming Emperor and Empress, I've met them now. They're really awesome people. The Empress is the second straight Empress for the Rocky Mountain Empire. So she's straight, but she grew up in this environment. Her dad, I think, transvestite or transsexual. And um, so she grew up with him being involved in this and... Um, so it's a you know family thing for her, and like I said, it's just a group I thought people might be interested in check out and see what they're doing because it definitely has some great stuff connected to it. Okay, and who's the next one? Okay, the next one's more love. This time it is for a on again off again member of our little podcast, Sue White. Um, she is starting up a little video blog of her own. I, she just put the first one up, I believe, today. Um, she announced on Facebook. I saw it and said, okay, we'll send some love your way and. Tell people about it, so check it out, see what they think. I started to listen to it. Um, 39 minutes for her first one. Check it out and see what you think. Um, hopefully we'll have her back sooner or later. Brian was saying he'd love to have her back, so Misty, if you're listening, we do. We are always welcome with us. <laughs> she knows. I talked to her. But she knows that our hearts will. <laughs> All right. So now. You guys catch up? Yes. Now we can talk about the masturbation movement brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. And also our, our special sponsor this evening. If you're a spaceship mechanic, you handle your fair share of Johnson rods every day. And you probably know about the dangers of handling too many Johnson rods. The best practice is to try to limit your handling of Johnson rods. And when you must handle a Johnson rod, use protective gear. Even the best protective gear is only about 98% effective. That leaves millions of space mechanics across the verse unprotected. I'm Dr. Julius Harry, and I treat patients every day with a debilitating condition I call Harry Palms. This condition can leave your palms red, sore, and blistered. Some patients with advanced conditions have even reported blindness. If you do start to notice the signs of hairy palms, I invite you to come to my clinic in the Hairy Tower, right around the corner from Uranus. We have access to all the latest research and treatment for hairy palms. We also offer treatments for other conditions I've discovered, like hairy nose and hairy back. Help your hairy palms is just one light jump away. Come see us today at the Harry Clinic. SciFiSurplus.com The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. All right, man. All right, Terry. I'm sorry. My allergies are absolutely killing me this evening, and I am doing the best I can. I apologize. So I have a quick survey for you guys. Okay. Let's pretend you're on OkCupid or some site like that, okay? Uh-huh. Imagine okay that. Cupid? It's like an online dating kind of, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know. It's an online dating site. And so they match your profile with whoever you're interested. So like, you know, if you're seeking, say, a female person to date, they might, you know, based on your likes and dislikes or whatever, they might try to match you up with people who are likely candidates. So let's say you're scrolling through all of these women and uh, you see someone you want to fuck. So you decide to message them. What's your hook? What would you say? What's your pickup line? Brian? Um, uh, I like pregos. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hi. <laughs> no, wrong. You don't just say hi. <laughs> Mac, what's yours? I am so far out of and not ready for that that it's not even money. Okay. How about so? How about how about this one? How about I'm stacked like a can of corn. See, so uh, apparently a lot of guys say stuff like that <laughs> or lead with demand sex. So without even like the, hey, how's it going conversation, they just jump right into that. Well, that's what so I said. I said Ian was wrong, well, didn't I? They probably want a lot of butthead. 
they they probably watched too many <laughs> movies. I'm, uh, I'm I'm picturing the uh, I'm picturing the John Cleese's character from The Meaning of Life, the the school instructor who's like, "What about giving her a kiss, boy? You don't need to go stampeding toward the clitoris." Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So there's a Jezebel article about a woman who tried, who got tired of the constant barrage of demands for sex. So she's on OkCupid and she's doing this dating profile thing. And these dudes are just spamming her with stuff, spamming her with stuff. Um, so she retaliated. And the article is called Genius Woman Responds to OkCupid Creeps by Drawing Them. So she draws really unflattering, limp, microphallus nude portraits of the <laughs> dudes and then overlays their pickup line. It is awesome, and it's hilarious, and it's kind of disturbing. Well, those so it is quote. extremely oh, disturbing. Some of those, some of the way that that these men are talking to these women is like, oh yeah. Well, the, the one your boobs are even nicer than my mom's. What the hell? Didn't figure that one out. Yeah. So here's a quote from the Jezebel article. Uh, uh, being a woman looking for love, or even just a non-creepy casual sex partner, is hard in an internet full of creeps. This is something artist Annie Gessler realized quickly when she started using Tinder, which is similar to OkCupid, and received some friendly salutations such as, Bet you're tight, titties, and your boobs are even nicer than my mom's. So she decided to give the creeps a taste of their own medicine by drawing them naked with really small, flaccid penises and then sending them links to her artwork. As one does. That's the end of the quote. So I clicked over to her Instagram, and it is fucking spectacular and disturbing. And props, by the way, to the dude who discloses herpes status. But maybe <laughs> hook up. Herpes is not the best first contact message if the goal is to get a woman to like you and then fuck you. Well, I mean, on the other you, hand, you trying to get the pipe. <laughs> I love the... that one. Too. I know. Well, I but know. many of these talk about the size of their penis. I yeah right. And, and so I. I I don't think, you know, I know that, you know, because there's so much porn out there that's always talking about big dicks, big dick, big dicks. I don't know that, I, you know, most women um, that I have talked to, that's not really a driving factor. Interestingly enough. But it is a driving TV. factor for men. And right. to, to, you know, basically to, um, to, it, uh, to indicate to these men that they have a small tool is going to be a thing that's going to drive them off very, very quickly. Right. It's, um, it's the big dick fallacy. Actually, um, that's actually a big factor in, uh, like humiliation plays to downplay the size of a person's genitals or the effectiveness thereof. Interestingly enough, on KBPI this morning, they were talking about a, um, research thing that was done. They took 600 women and, you know, gave them a questionnaire kind of thing. And the number one reason for cheating was because their male partner had too big and it was hurting them and they, um, sex was very uncomfortable. So they actually cheated on a guy with a smaller, more average size because that felt better. I think that's bullshit. I do. I, I mean, I don't think it's bullshit that maybe there's an incompatible size thing, but I think it's bullshit excuse for cheating because you can find oh, other well, ways to have sex. Sure. Yeah, that's – but I, I – there's also this, I, you know, guys especially think, you know, that that all they need to have for sex is a big dick, right? Right. Like, like there's nothing I, I more mean, that you need to do, right, than, than have a big dick. <laughs> So, um, on the one hand, I love her response to these guys. I just, I love it. And fuck those dudes with fire, man. They are jerks. On the other <laughs> hand, it's body shaming, especially regarding penis size, because they have no control over that. So while I like that assholes are getting a small taste of the shit that women deal with all the time, I'm uncomfortable with the possibility that we're all just okay with body shaming, even though I love it and hate it. Yeah, I'm well, not liking the body shaming aspect. No, but here's the I, thing: is that this is either. no. Are you? This is retaliation for these for what these men are doing to her. I mean, they're they're. I, I mean, it's going back and forth. But it's it's um it's uh, they're asking for it. I don't know. My feelings on this are <laughs> my feelings. On this oh are my god. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to go down that road? <laughs> um, I agree with Mac. Mine are too. Because um, if they, I thought about it in reverse. Like two, two points. She's not body shaming all men or saying that whatever. But it's implicit that small dicks are inherently a bad thing. Okay. Which well, I don't think it necessarily is. Here is possibly a problem too. Is that in shaming these people who are coming on to her, she's actually shaming people who have a lack of confidence about their own size and are sure. are thereby turned away from her and possibly from the entire service because they see that. Well, well and uh, I thought I, if the I situation in quotes. right, the I, dating service. I, I see your point, but the problem is that there is so much of this going on, and there's a piece of this where it's 
it, the, these people are saying stuff to each other that they would never say in person. You yeah. don't go out on a date with somebody and 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 ha- buy them out, you know, take them out to a dinner and tell them how big your penis is. This is this is one of those things that happens on the internet. Yeah. No, if you take them out and buy them a nice dinner, you, you're expected to actually show them under table. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? Right. I think so. And but, I have um, been no. out of the dating loop for a long time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, seriously though, I mean, I, I, my thought on this also is that possibly when. People who are un, are underconfident about their own size see this. She may actually look like the aggressor. I'm well, sorry, about, but these these initial contacts are aggressive. I they bet are, you're yeah. tight. They, That's aggressive. I got a I got a horse dick for you. That's aggressive. You're trying to get the pipe. I know it is. That's aggressive. But I'm saying that I'm saying that her responses may actually make her look the aggressor. It may make her look like the bully to some people. Okay. Yeah. But but she does not need these guys to continue to harass her. No, I agree with you on that. Right. So um, the other thing I was going to say is that uh, I get so tired of women being shamed for having small breasts or having, you know, fat rolls or whatever it is, you know, that women get shamed for all the thighs, muscular thighs or whatever that we all get shamed for all the time. And so this feels a bit like that to me, and that's why I'm slightly uncomfortable with it. But I love that she's retaliating. I don't know. Because these guys get away with this. I don't see it as the same thing. What's the difference? Because these people are, are in, they, they are bringing it on themselves by approaching somebody else in this manner. It's yeah. different when you see somebody on the street who has small breasts and you make fun of her for it. Right. Because she, because she yeah. wasn't asking, she wasn't inviting that behavior upon them. If these people wanted to have an actual conversation with this woman, they would not open up with these <laughs> statements. So I, so I see what you're saying about the body shaming issues, but I don't put it in the same category because they're, because they're inviting it. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Yes, he's not attacking them because of the physicality. She's uh, mocking the physicality thing because of their attitude. She's she's right. more she's more uh, she's really, in my opinion, more addressing their attitude than their actual yeah. penis size. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. So I so I have a different kind of I see this a little bit differently. I love that she's retaliating too, because so many of these guys just harass, 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 and they get away with it. Because we're all like, we don't want to deal with it, you know. You know, to to give you an idea of what I'm thinking of is is terrible. I was I, I bowl some guys, and we were bowling a team with a with a woman. She and she's fairly tall, but and she's fairly big, and they were making fat jokes about her. And and she actually she is actually attractive. She takes good care of herself, you know. And yes, she's big, but it's it it infuriated me. That they couldn't see past her weight to see that she's actually an attractive woman. She's good, you know. I mean, it's so it's that kind of that kind of body shaming. I have an issue with, right? Right, because she's not inviting it. In fact, she, you know, she dresses nice. She her hair is done nice. She takes good care of herself, even though she is a large woman. Right, that woman these is not were, asking for it. These were people competing against her who were harassing her. No, these were my teammates of all people that yeah, were saying this they crap. Were competing against her, right? Well, yeah, we were competing against her. You know, and I understand it's 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 extra behavior, but it may have simply been that they were they were harassing her in order to try to throw her off. No, they weren't but, saying it to her. They were not saying it out loud. This is yeah, that, they're saying be shit behind her back. Anyways. Yeah, they're saying yeah. stuff behind her back about about I mean, her weight. Smack talk's one thing, but that's it's not, not smack, smack talk. talk. It was it wasn't smack talk. We do smack talk. You know, we you know we we tease the other team. They tease us. I mean that, that this was okay. different. No, this was very different, and it and it really bothered me. And and it bothered me, and and I didn't say anything at the time, you know, because I I didn't want to make a scene, right? But it but it's one of those things that you know I almost I, I feel bad for not addressing. I never and, know and what to that's say. That's the sad thing. Yeah. Is that the sad thing in this situation is that you're bowling and not you know like playing baseball because you know I'm playing baseball because spiked him. <laughs> these are but friends of mine. The, you know what? The, you know the, the bothersome thing is that these are friends of mine. These are people that I actually like that are that are doing this shit. Okay. And they're just reflecting, so, like, the noise in society. They, exactly, so, uh, yeah. yeah. Do they have other behaviors that are similar to this, or is this the only place where this is their the, behavior This was... is the first time that I really noticed it. Okay. And, and one of the guys it. saying this shit is not a small guy. You know, that's what really is like, are you kidding me? So I don't know. So I, so I have, I, 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 I guess my point is here is that I'm making a, a, a very, very yeah. different. Well, I, I, 
I had a friend once who he was out of shape, and he kept mocking me for how out of shape I was. And I just kind of blew off until one day I finally got back to him, and he broke into tears like, why are you doing that to me? It's like, listen, you've been dogging on me because of my gut, and um, I can't get you back. No, no, no. You don't play that game. Right. <laughs> you know, if you're going to dish it out, you better be ready to take it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 my, my point is, is that that kind of body shaming is far different yeah. from than from this. Okay. Yeah, I tend to agree. And I like the idea yeah. of the penises as like a metaphor for these guys' ego. And yeah. that's why she makes right. it small rather than perpetuating that unfortunate being. I, I don't know if that's the reason. I mean, the reason she did it was, you know, to deflate them, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and quite well, frankly, they, they need that. That if, if more women would, would not put, would not tolerate that shit, I would think that it would go away. I would hope that it would go away, right? You know, it, yeah. it, if people are demanding a certain standard of how they're going to be treated on these sites, you know, attitudes will change. But it makes me wonder, are there some women that are receptive to that kind of dirty talk, right? Is it is is this a, is this maybe not them attacking them so much as that they've gotten good responses talking to other women this way on the site? Boy, See, so I so I, I don't know if it's a if it's a if maybe there is a culture of this kind of stuff. And, and, and so, and she's, you know, swimming in this, in, in somebody else's pond. Yeah, maybe. So I don't know. I, I don't been... know. You know who I think needs to call out that kind of like the broader scale shit, like the fat shaming and stuff is other men, like you were saying. Well, like, yeah. Like women can try to, yeah, exactly. I agree. All right. It's a good article. I mean, I think it's, uh, there's a couple of ways to take it maybe. And I, I'm not sure which one's correct. Yeah, I agree. All right. Victories? Oh no! Uh, I put two people in for bigot of the week, and, and you can, you just have to choose one. Uh, there's no links. I'm sorry. Well, the Donald Sterling I had just barely heard about. Okay. Well, the Clive Bundy has been making the big news lately. Well, Clive. So Clive Bundy. Um, can I bounce back real quick to the other article? You yeah, you can. Sure. Yeah, that's the, fine. Uh, if you have something more you want to say. Women are more likely to cheat on men with larger penises. Thing. Where did that? When did that get in there? Oh, uh, I threw that or, in because so, I, I talked about it. I all right. Look it up. So I haven't read this. I can't respond to it. I saw the link in there, and I had a sudden thought, and I just touched that sudden. Because when I have a okay. thought, it should usually be acknowledged, otherwise... It's fleeting. I, I won't be taught to think anymore. <laughs> um, it's possible that the men with the larger penises that are being cheated on, as this is as this article is alluding to, which, you know, it's not certain that this is even the case, because it's a Daily Mail article, and so the accuracy of his question... But if they're being cheated on because they have penises, maybe it is actually because they have larger egos and they don't, you know, maybe it's their behavior around the fact they have large penis rather than the actual large penis itself. Yeah, well, it's one of those things. It's an interesting um, concept, and, you know, th there's probably a lot more to it than just the size in and of itself. Well, I once agree. again, we're, we're responding to a survey. They made a correlation, yeah. but that doesn't mean causation. Right. right. I was I just going to say, yeah, and well, and I feel like uh, we're body shaming the opposite direction now, too. We're out of filling all of these assumptions about these with large penis. Yeah. But our society in general does have an obsession with things. You go and you read any um, of the online porn stories that are out there, there's a big well, thing yeah. about how big. Right, because they're written know. by men. Half of our society obsession with large <laughs> I, I think more than half. <laughs> I think there's a lot of women who are obsessed as well. You get on Craigslist. Go to um, some of the ads that are out there. I've I wrote, they can be quite amusing. And there will be women that are saying, I need a hung man, such and such a size. You know, but are, are the they really women just, are the yes, women just wondering. responding to the way they've been conditioned to, to approach the men on Craigslist? You know, it was Ron Jeremy that said, there are a few size queens out there, but I have gotten more women off with my tongue than I ever have with my penis. Ron Jeremy. Yep, I'm was that Peter North and if he, if he looks like he does, he can still be in porn movies. He must know what he. <laughs> if he looks like he ever did, well, let's face it, that was that I was purely dick size when it came to the porn. I still remember Ron Jeremy in uh, in the movie Orgasmo as Jizz Master Zero. I haven't seen Orgasmo. You, I saw it once very uh, long it, ago. It's, it's been a it while. is well worth seeing. It's a it's a superhero parody made by Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Yes, I, I know. I just haven't seen it. Okay. All right. So can we move on to our bigots? Okay. Right. I'll give you just a quick see. So Don Sterling, who was upset with his 20-year-old girlfriend for posing with a black man on her Instagram. Now, um, Ronald or Donald is, I believe, 80 years old or in his 80s. He's in his 80s. And I'm pretty yeah, sure he has that, a, a, yes, a twenty-something girlfriend, and uh, and he owns a basketball. Team. He owns the Clippers, and he said, and, and so he basically said some very terrible things, you know, and didn't want her to bring black men, you know, to uh, 
um, to the games and wanted to know why she, you know, why she was had so many pictures with minorities. And, and uh, she herself is a minority. She is uh, half She's black, Asian, half right? Mexican. Yeah. So, uh, so he says some just terrible things. And Clive Bundy, who said that uh, that that Negroes uh, were were happier as slaves because they actually had less to do, less to worry about. Let's do Clive. <laughs> Is that our bigot of the week? Yeah, I'm kind of thinking Clive Bundy wins that one hands. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and again, everyone's talking about Don Sterling, like he's all over the now. Yeah, exactly. Bundy but but little... Bundy might be yeah. the 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 bigger bigot. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, because and I he... know that I I know that what he said is not true because I've seen John and Jane. You know, Don Sterling is interesting because he's he wasn't. What didn't she pose with Magic Johnson? Isn't that the person or Michael I think Jordan? So, yeah. One of the two of them, and that's the one that she. And he's upset about those photos on his Instagram. Somebody told him about it, but yet he's dating a, a minority. But yet he's complaining about her posing with pictures in him. I, I, I really, I didn't, I don't understand. And if you listen to the conversation, um, the girlfriend doesn't understand either exactly what the problem is. But Donald Trump, yes, Donald Trump well, cleared it up for me. You know, Magic when, Johnson. Simply, simply put, the guy should be somebody that you would want to take a picture. Yes, with and, yes, you know, hang yeah. around with because well, he said the guy is a small legend. Well, that and he, she said that he, that you know, she admired him, and he said she should absolutely admire him just in private. Why does she, why does she got to make it so public? But you know, but uh, Donald Trump cleared it all up for me when when he pointed out that she was just baiting uh. him. Trump? Yeah, Donald Trump was responding to the whole thing okay. and said that she was just an awful person and that she was baiting him. The guy didn't need to be baited. But, yeah, so he's dating a minority, but yet then he's got this issue with blacks. I, he confuses me. Uh, but uh, Clive Bundy is a straight-out racist. Yeah, sounds like Clive Bundy wins. Yeah, <laughs> I think he wins it. Yeah, so yeah. is this that crazy Nevada guy? Yeah, yeah, he's the, yeah, the Bundy Ranch guy, the guy who doesn't want to pay his taxes. So he run. Let me. I I don't quite understand what's going on. So he runs his cattle on BLM land, right? For public which land. Other ranchers need to pay a grazing. Right. There's right? a fee that that, that, that they have implemented to protect a tortoise that lives on that land. He does not own the goddamn land. It he is does, public. He does not well, own the goddamn that, land. Though. He tried to claim that he should have right to that land. He's somehow. Tr- he's trying to claim that he's grandfathered in, but the law applies to everybody grazing on public lands. So he wants to not pay to graze his cattle. Right. 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 Yeah. And, and he uh, basically so he called gun nuts to come over. And the family. militia, militia. Yeah, they, gun they had nuts an arm standoff with the feds where one of the guys said that their plan was to put women in the front line right. so that when the cameras caught the action, um, things got out of control, the women would be shot down first. Because that's right. how classy these guys yeah, are. Yeah, they're stand up guys. Because that's, that's how you make a point if you're a gun nut, if you're a crazy gun nut, is you put the vulnerable in front of the guns. You know, yeah. I, I was driving I was driving down the street today, and I see a car, and on one, one bumper sticker says, you know, it's an advertisement for a gun shop. On the other side is the Jesus fish. The, these are synonymous. They, they're, yeah, this is, uh, interesting, similar mentality between the two. <laughs> but so then you know he comes, oh, go ahead. I was just going to make a crack about Jesus. Not If he had had guns, he might not have been crucified. <laughs> right? <laughs> but so then Bundy came out saying stuff um, about Negro people better off as Yep. And comparing himself to Rosa Parks. Oh, interesting. Here's a quote from him. If I say Negro or black boy or slave, if those people cannot take those kind of words and not defended, then Martin Luther King hasn't got his job done yet. We need to get over this prejudice. <laughs> uh, Wait, using words that he mean other people because of their race, uh, they have a reason to be offended over that. You know, and this is the same kind of mentality that we see where, where you know, all these women asking for equality are devaluing themselves. Yeah, no. <laughs> don't give women birth control. That's right. <laughs> the, well, no, turns into these flat. guys think that women are supposed to be used as bulletproof vests. You understand? Right. Well, so, uh, it's the same mentality. Women are your shield against the federal government, and black people should slave. Well, you know what is it, Colbert? That says that he has his um, gold women and goats plan. <laughs> Because goats can be sold off in time of crisis, and so can women. <laughs> and gold, yeah. <laughs> in fact, you might sell off your women before the goats. Because, <laughs> you know, a good goat can keep you warm enough. If they serve similar use. Exactly, right? Yeah. All right, let's move on to victory for common sense. The British scouts right. welcome atheists. How quaint. Right. Now, interesting enough, Brian didn't. But um, the Boy Scouts started um, in the UK. 
um, Colin Powell, um, started the Boy Scouts of America, was over there and was quite impressed with what he saw and um, how polite these boys were being and learned what they were and found out about Scouts and then brought that back to America. Wait a minute. Who started the Boy Scouts of America? Colin Powell. Not the same Colin Powell. No, not the general Colin Okay. Um, I was sitting here going, I'm pretty sure it was long before... Long before... Yeah, and it was a white man, so relax. Well, I don't care whether it was white or black. I, I'm i just simply talking in terms of time, so... Yeah, yeah no, a d- different Colin Powell. Um, okay. So, he, so you know, the, the whole Boy Scout movement that has now spread across the world started at K. Um, at reading these articles, I, I, I'm not an expert on the British Scouts, but apparently it sounds like they're actually with the Girl Scout equivalent, which is probably not really connected to the Girl Scouts, but are instead an off-branch of the Boy Scouts in um, the UK. Um, the Girl Scouts, so, I guess. Yeah, that's what they refer to them. Um, know, uh, quick question. We, we reported a little while back on the Boy Scouts of America being more friendly to, not necessarily to atheists, but to to homosexual. Right. Is there any more on that? Is there any update, or is that um, kind of... It, why no, it's happened. No, it, it has happened. happened. Okay. Um, you, scouts can be gay. We can have homosexual scouts active in the troops. Um, we can't have homosexual scoutmaster um, adult leaders, which has actually... I okay. almost put that article up. The, um, some stuff happened to California troops. This um, guy started as gay, and um, he didn't make a big deal about it, but got out, and um, they, the um, Boy Scouts of America said, okay, we have to remove you. And the troop itself refused to um, do that. And the church that sponsored them refused to do that. So now the Boy Scouts have said, well, then that troop no longer exists. They got rid of the whole troop instead of letting the gay scout Mr. run it, okay. which I thought was pretty messed up. But yeah, right now, um, there can be gay scouts. That is now okay. allowed. I think it was at the beginning of this year when that went into effect. All right. And I apologize for my interruption. Oh, that's fine. That's, so um, actually, with that having happen, same type of stuff happened with K-Boy Scouts apparently around the same time. They, um, actually, I think a year or two earlier from what I've gathered. Um, so I ran across this stuff, which is about a year or so out of date, but um, I went put in there because I'm still active in Scouts myself. Both my boys are in Scouts. In fact, that's what they're doing right now with podcasting their, um, their weekly Scout meeting. I believe Scouts has a great program and can really help boys, especially ones that have, you know, issues, social issues that need to, you know, get into something besides going around the neighborhood and causing, you know, problems, you know, getting into trouble. So I, I've, had some, you know, I am an atheist and I'm an Eagle Scout, and I have some problems with the fact that here in the U.S. they're still not accepting atheists. But I saw this stuff, and what I love is the fact that this is you know, a movement that hopefully will spread. And that's one reason why I'm saying with Scouts is I want to see this stuff spread. I want to help promote it when it gets to the right point. I know um, there are people in the troop that know I'm an atheist. They don't make a big deal about it. It's not something that comes up and that they, oh my God, we got, you know, got to get rid of them kind of thing. So there is tolerance that is building, that is growing, that is getting there. And this stuff um, happening in the UK shows that it's on the right track. Um, I loved, okay, basically one of the things they were talking about was altering the promise, taking out the duty of God. And I love what they put in there instead, find the actual current pledge. Um, I thought it wasn't finalized yet. Um, from the from the notes in the article, it looks like, it looks like uh, the Christians, the Jews, the Buddhists, the Sikhs, and the Hindus. Do they each have their own oath? They'd almost have to, considering the different um, the different beliefs that go into it. Uh, so the way it's phrased, um, it's saying it's saying that they, since the atheists the atheists are getting their own oath, putting them on a par with the other groups. So yeah, well, like, Buddhists do not believe in God. Um, they don't believe in a higher power either, really. And I always thought that was interesting that the Buddhists were accepted by Scouts because. Um, what I don't they, know why. What do they do for Jehovah's <laughs> Witnesses? I don't know that either. Okay. Um, although, th- once more, this is the United Kingdom, so I don't... The, the, the way they do things are slightly different than the way we do. Right. Uh, while we're both scouts, they, you know, they regulate their scouts one way to um, regulate ours slightly different. So, um, like I said, it's a hard call to make on that as to exactly, you know, what they do differently. But I, um, in the U.S., it is, you know, Buddhists and everything are supposed to be allowed, so you'd have to figure there already has to be a level of... Um, leniency in that regard because if um it's not there as it right now then how do some of these groups come in so uh it's like i end up putting the two link, same link twice i know there was one that talked about placing duty to god with um being true to one's beliefs and i just loved that wording of it and i thought it's I uh, it's in there. the it's in uh the 
fourth paragraph. It says, be true to myself and develop my beliefs. Yes, that's the one. I love that word. It's a good word. Be true to my... Yeah, and it's like that, and that covers so much, and that's accurate what the goal should be, you know, and I'd love to see that spread and become part of the oaths and stuff because that actually, you know, builds yourself up. You know, it, it focuses on, you know, this is what I believe, this is who I am. I'm going to build up on that. I'm going to be a stronger person. While duty to God doesn't necessarily say that, you know, it, 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 it's too vague, too weak, to, and too much focused on something besides yourself. So when I saw that word. I was just going to say it externalizes your own successes then too. Right. right. And yeah. so I really love that word. In, you know, when I saw that, it's like, okay, this is the direction I want to see this stuff head because this is the stuff that I think will be best for the boys. And in our troop, there's a couple boys that um, I talked to my wife that are um, most likely gay and have been for a while. Now, if they want to come out and you know, openly admit it, they can. Um, and I'd love it to hit a time where I can open and say, no, I don't believe in God. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm polite. I'm quiet when they pray. I don't pray myself. I just sit there quietly. I, when we say the Pledge of Allegiance, I do leave out, um, under God. Um, nothing, you know. Right, but it, wait a second. You can't do that do. for your test, though. They're, they're in, in, uh, Weebelos or whatever, but Cub Scouts, that's what it, you have to recite the Pledge of Allegiance. And I'll bet if you leave the under God piece out of it, forget it. You don't pass. Uh, you do have to talk about what the Pledge of Allegiance means at various times, yeah. but um, under God's actually fairly vague anyways, so... Um, well, and back when I was a wee blow, I don't know if I believed in God or not. I'm trying to think back that far. I think I still did. So I didn't lie back then. <laughs> and okay. um, it, when I went to my Eagle Board review, I'm fairly sure my Scoutmaster knew my beliefs. And at the Eagle Board review, that was one thing we were warned of, is they will ask about your um, faith in God. They didn't ask that. In my Gilbert review, they didn't ask anything about my faith. And if it was more of my character and, you know, what I'd done through Scouts, what I feel I achieved, stuff like that. And so, you know, I, I my impression is, you know, for in my time in Scouts, the people who I dealt with more or less knew what I believed but realized I was still a good person, still worthy, still, you know, uh, someone they wanted to have as part of their group and decided, okay, we will just not focus on it and not make a big deal about it. And, you know, so... You know, I, I want to see that go to the next level. And so I hope what's going on with the UK Scouts will, um, you know, wash over here and start infl influencing um, what the Boy Scouts of America as well. Yeah, don't hold your breath. I yeah, was just going to say that. I'm not holding my breath, but it would be nice. <laughs> All right. Anything more, Ian? No, I, I think we can. Okay. Let's move on. And let, let, I, I want to talk about the Heartbleed vulnerability. Have you guys heard about this? I have. They, I've heard of it. Uh, you know what? Actually, hold on. Pause that. Okay, so have you guys so have you guys heard anything about the Heartbleed vulnerability? Yes, it's going to end the world. All the computers are doomed, 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 doomed. Um, you're not safe. Mm -hmm. uh. Wait, since it's a Heartbleed vulnerability, it only affects co computers owned by liberals. <laughs> right. Yes. Bleeding heart liberals. Bleeding heart liberals. Yeah. Terry, have you heard anything? Bleeding? I've heard of it. Uh, I haven't heard much about it though. It's it, it's surprising to me because this is pretty important, and there's a lot of Either people aren't hearing about it or they're hearing a lot of FUD. Um, like Ian saying, you know, all the computers are doomed, stuff like that. I mean, it is a pretty serious vulnerability, potentially. Um, but it's, but it's fixable, right? Um, what it, what it is, is there is a, uh, a product that many servers on the, uh, on the web use called OpenSSL. And it's, okay. and, and we've talked about encryption before. It provides a, a public private key pair. For to make you know to make encrypted conversations. So when you go to a website and it says HTTPS, that's some sort of encryption, whether it be Open SSL or a closed SSL type. Right. So there are so there are there are a couple and and a lot of banks are using aren't using Open SSL. They're using the closed version. So most banking institutions were fine. It wasn't a problem. Um, but so so that's what it's used for. Um, VPNs often use it. You know to 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 create a a tunnel between two sites. Um, so it, so it's used quite a bit on the internet and anytime somebody's running an open source service, you know, um, th that's, that's the default and depending on how it's compiled, it may or may not have this vulnerability. Um, it has a, uh, has a, uh, protocol in there to do what they call a heartbeat. And what that heartbeat does is it lets, um, the two ends, the client server connection know that both are still alive. And so it's supposed to be an arbitrary piece of data. And so you would send, you know, home four letters and you'd send that and the server would respond home with, with, with the same four letters. Um, hey, Brian, why would you do that? 
it's not it's not always necessary and I'm not and that's one of the pieces that I have not actually gotten to yet. I've been trying to figure out why you would or wouldn't use a heartbeat. Um but what it does is um it allows you to know that a connection is open and so if you so if one of the if the client or the server disappears um and you and if you couldn't get a heartbeat heartbleed response, you could potentially terminate that connection. And so that might be a reason you'd want to do that. Um, just off the top of my head. I'm not sure why some people are using it and some aren't. I'm not sure that it's always necessary. Um, it might be necessary with some VPNs because um, you're using, this goes on to a different topic, but you're, but you're tunneling, uh, you, you create a UDP tunnel between two sites and then through there you're, you're using, you're, the TCP carries on top of that. So to know that your tunnel is still working, you might send a heartbeat back and forth because UDP packets don't let the other side know that they're receiving them. So there might be another reason that you want to use it. And that probably, I wasn't prepared to talk about that. Does that make much sense? Uh, yeah, I mean, it just it sounds like it's just test connection with another I'm, server. I'm used to Citrix. And Citrix is ultra needy as far as wanting to know that the other person's on the other end. Right. And so, and so Citrix... it requires, a, for instance, in, in my application, it requires a ping time of under 100 milliseconds. Okay, right. It starts so, to freak out. So it really wants to know that that, 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 that tunnel is, is still up and running. Mm -hmm. Do you guys understand the difference between UDP and TCP? See, this... Um, or, yeah. Um, we don't have to cover that. Yeah, right? I'm sorry. Let's let's not. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's a topic for another time. Well, but one, you know, what TCP is how a lot of things respond on the internet, and they they kind of do a handshake and they negotiate a speed. Where where the other way of sending traffic is, you just stream out the packets, and the other side is expected to to uh, receive them. In fact, voice is going over that UDP tunnel. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. TCP and speed are two different things. The street name for TCP is Angel Dust. Speed is a, is an amphetamine. Well, thanks for sharing. <laughs> Crickets. Okay, so, um, so like right now, this communication that we're doing is happening over a UDP stream, right? So if we drop a packet, um, it just continues and goes anyway. Uh, it doesn't verify each packet. But when you're sending when you're sending a picture to somebody, you want to verify each packet. Otherwise, the picture would not look right. All right, I'm I'm branching off of what I expected to talk to. Uh, so okay, so anyway, so we have this heartbeat. Okay, so what Google found, and also um, another company, um, Cloud Cloudflare found, and and there was another um, somebody else found it as well, um, is that what you could do is you could you could craft a packet that was say the arbitrary piece of data was three characters long, and you could tell it to reply with five hundred characters. And because it wasn't sanitizing the input, it would respond with that first three characters plus another 470, 497 characters as well that would be returned to the other side. So it would just take arbitrary data off of the stack and send it back to the other person. So it could potentially gain a lot of useful information. Or a lot of gibberish. Or a lot of gibberish. So it's not a very good targeted targeted attack. Right. So if I was attacking a particular person, this is not probably the way that I would necessarily want to do it. Um, but maybe if I wanted to get the keys for a particular website that I wanted to impersonate, maybe it would work pretty well. So when we talked about that NSA stuff, we talked about the mountains and mountains and mountains of data that nobody has time to sort through. Is this a similar thing? It seems to me if you're getting all this gibberish and you're looking for like a few things that are useful in that, who's sorting through all that? Well, that's that's the that's the thing. Is so at the time when this was found initially, we they don't think it had been weaponized, but hours after the release, it had been weaponized and people were using it to try and to try and attack sites. Um, so, and, but Cloudflare, Cloudflare, wait, have I, have I gotten where I need, I mean, do you guys understand the, the vulnerability now? Does that make sense of what's happening? It does make sense. Yeah. I understand how the vulnerability works and how it pulls, how it pulls information back. Okay. And it's important to say that it's pulling memory off of the heap and there's, there's different types of memory in a computer. One is the stack, one is the heap. And so, um, the heap would, would, is where, um, you would need anything that's memory resonant, like if you're having a, an encrypted conversation and it needs to be decrypted, is where you would keep the key. And so, and so that's important because, because the, the encryption keys are in the heap. 
So what Cloudflare did is because they were not able to get it on their own. They never, they never got useful results. So they put up, so they did the, they did a challenge, a Heartbleed challenge. And they put up a public server and, and, you know, had people come and exploit it. And then they were, then they were supposed to, you know, tell us how they exploited and what they got. And so one person, a Fyodor, was able to, um, get the keys and set up a website. I think I think he set up the website. Somebody set up a website with the keys that that one was set up, and then told them hey, point your point your IP address here, and it was able to authenticate as if they had uh, had because they he now he had the valid encryption key, so he was able to impersonate the site. Wow! But all that being said, it sounds really scary, and and, and it's and it's kind of high level that I'm approaching it at. Ultimately, for users, it just means you need to find out which sites were vulnerable and change your passwords. That's all users can do. And so what you want to do is um, I use a service called LastPass. And so LastPass has a, have a service, and, it, and, it, and it'll take all of my passwords, and it'll go check all the, all the sites, and it'll tell me which ones have the vulnerability, which one's patched. So Because you don't want to change your password until they patch. Um, but once you change your password, you're no longer vulnerable, right? If they've patched and you change your password, you're no longer vulnerable to this. And one of the ways that they fix it was just to turn off the heartbeat. So, um, I think that uh, Google and Cloudflare just recompiled OpenSSL without the heartbeat component. So it doesn't seem to me that it's always necessary. And then I think that they had a fix. Um, the guy who actually wrote the code um, was a student um, at a university and he wrote the code and it was put, it went back to an open SSL, um, community member and was reviewed before it was submitted and went into, went into the actual code. So it was missed. It, it's something that, that got missed. It didn't get reviewed properly, but it's nothing to panic over. That, that was the thing is that I think that people were, um, people who heard about it, but didn't really understand it were panicked. Yeah, well, anytime like something like this gets out, that's the first thing they do. You hear the panic on, oh my god, it's the end of the internet. Vending machines are going to take over the earth now. Right. So. Yeah, but if you look at the XKCD cartoon, it's perfect. It, it absolutely illustrates what's happening. So uh, that that'll, that resource will be available. But it's amazing that a lot of people haven't heard about this because it is important. Like Facebook is one of the places that would, that um, that you need to change your password. Um, and the, there's a lot of sites like that, that, that have this vulnerability. There's a problem if you have an Android phone and you have Android 4.1, it's vulnerable. You know, the, the actual handset is vulnerable and hasn't been patched yet. So, so there is some places where it's hard to pa patch. The other problem with this, and this is all from, from like, from the server side, is that you have to revoke all your old keys and give, uh, give out new keys. And this is a problem, like, so if you have a lot of VPNs, you have to patch the virus, and then you have to to um, redo all of your encryption keys because they could have leaked. So it's a lot of work for administrators, but for users, there's no reason to panic. Change your passwords. Use something like LastPass that'll, that, you know, that'll let you know who was infected and if they've patched. It's that simple. But I saw stuff... Um, uh, this one was from Fox News. Police say Canadian computer used Heartbleed virus to steal personal information. I, I really uh, question this title if the, if they just used Heartbleed because it happened to be the word of the day. There's no Heartbleed virus. It is a bug in a piece of code. Um, and if it's weaponized, yes, people can use this to get information. But to get a lot of personal information on 900 people? Not just with not, not, you couldn't do it just with this exploit. You you know so the, for Fox the, News to understand that there is such a thing as a computer virus is actually fairly advanced thinking. <laughs> okay, well yeah, so so to get them to understand that there are vulnerabilities that are not viruses is maybe stretching it a little bit too far. Yeah, the the capabilities of the organism, you know, it's not it's not a particularly advanced organ. So even if you understood nothing else of what I said, and even if I got pieces of it wrong, and and I might not have explained everything very well, just change your passwords. That's all you can do as a user. And don't panic. It's not the end of the world. Cool. That's good advice. Yeah. All right. So you say. <laughs> yeah, so says you. What do you know? <laughs> all right. What are we going to do here? Right, let's talk about Cosmos. All right. Do it. We Brought it up. I mentioned Cosmos about two months or so ago, back when the the right after the first show had aired. 
all men and are I about. In and it's quite entertaining. It is an awesome show. It is great. If you if you're not watching it, get out there and watch it. This show needs to take off. This is the stuff we want to see the um out there. Drop all the crap reality shows. Drop the ghost hunting junk. All that paranormal. Yeah. Get right. Cosmos big. Let we know. All the other networks say we, we get it. Thanks that. for the ad. <laughs> Go on. One of the things I love about Cosmos is you watch these episodes. They connect it all. They show how every level of science connected. One discovery 100, 2, 3, 500 years ago leads up to this next discovery now. And that connects a different one and a different one. And it's just so awesome. If, if you love science, you want to get other people to love science, get them into it. Because it shows how intricate it is and how all the universe is connected from every single level. Yeah, we and know. Just, we, we, we know. They yeah. went back the whole 6,000 years. I get it. <laughs> so you're saying Ian, you don't really like the show very much. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the, the, the show excites me. And his, okay, great. Um, Tyson's attitude in the show is so energized you know he, and it sounds kind of weird because he's such a mellow guy but he gives a power to it and so needless to say um this be him, him actually following real science has gotten to some corners where the creationists are not quite happy with him um in fact one episode he straight out starts off talking about the biblical time frame saying okay someone decided to figure out the age of the earth by using the bible and finding a specific event in the bible that we could date basically event listed in the bible that has an actual real date because it's a real event we know of and used that to go back and figure out the age of the earth based on um who begot who begot who begot stuff and then he follows that up by saying well then we went and actually science did and learned that crap was wrong. <laughs> Didn't quite use those words, but um, so you know he straight out you know he straight out says evolution is right. He straight out says you know the Earth is um, millions of years old. The universe is billions of years old. You know on and on he goes showing how science actually accurately dates the universe, dates the Earth, dates everything. So the creationists are, you know, going to be up in arms about that, especially with Cosmos taking off, and definitely the whole scientific community is right behind Cosmos, pushing it, promoting it, doing everything they can to get it big. Uh, so what you have is you have the creationists coming and saying that Cosmos should um, give time for creationist views for the sake of balance. <laughs> I think they should give time for turtles all the way down views or uh, Navajo creation mythology or yeah, like which creationist views are we talking about? Right. Then? It's false balance. Right. Yeah. That's the, you know, if, if they can come out and present actual science, they might have an argument, but they're still they not even trying science. to create science. Yeah. They're not trying they to create mythology. Not, yeah. And that's the one thing they don't need to ever understand. It's like, no, if you provide science, we'll give you a fair shake. But as long as all you're saying is uh, this book tells us everything, it doesn't quite work. Um, so, like I said, um, the Christians are demanding time. Uh, of course, you know, Tyson came back and said, okay, I will give my reply to that. And that's basically what his reply was, was, um, you know, want for a time, then you come up with science. Otherwise, you know, it's not going to work. We are a show about science. And well, it's not like they don't have their own networks and stuff to talk about creation. Yeah, them. that's so the thing. Let the them... PTL rest. Yeah, they have more than enough outlets to promote their stuff. They don't become, you know, it's, it would be like us going into their church saying, hey, we want fair time. We're going to show Cosmos now, and then we're going to talk about evolution and everything else. Will you do that for us? I have a word for them. They'd say, no, get out of here. We've got to promote our um, Bible. You'd be so... gang baptized and held under from time. <laughs> <laughs> Is he supposed to turn blue? <laughs> Getting baptized now. Of course, um, there's a lot of stuff that came out as well talking about. I guess um, it's focusing on Kansas. Uh, um, I have her a mock um article, but there was an odd um screw up in Kansas where part of the show like got messed up, and everyone came out and said, "Oh, that was being edited um by them for whatever reason." You know, because they're trying to to talk about evolution. It was um one or two seconds, and it was it turns out it was actually a glitch in programming. Um, you know, whoever was replaying it messed up. Uh, but everyone's like, I "Oh, it was specifically glitch in the edited. programming like a fox." So uh, in this case, no. Like in this case, it, news. in this case, it wouldn't have made sense because they don't necessarily have time to watch program and edit. Because I, I, I've worked in um, map control. The shows come in with a specific time. Check that time. That is turned to air. It's very, very um, intricate. On you have to keep your shows fitting that time to fit in commercial breaks. Um, fit in the hour long you're supposed to be in. You're not supposed to go through and mess with that. So the what happened. Um, would have been such a hard thing to do and then recalculate everything to fit. It wouldn't have sent. 
So basically, um, there was a screw up in the um machine. You know, something just jumped or had static okay. at just the right time. The, That's what really the happened. only the only equipment you'd have to squelch something would be like the bleep button. As, um, I, I, he, I understand he, correctly. Not where you basically he, bleep out profanity. That would only be for live programming. This isn't live programming. It should already have been edited for that. So when it came in, it, it's already been edited to go. You b basically, um, you record the stuff if it's coming in, um, and you don't always have to do that because there's a lot of stuff that's already a file, and then you put it set up for playback. That is really all the um, states do with programs like this. They do not edit them. They do not um, go through and manipulate them in any way because, once more, the time's all set. Everything's done. You have to know when commercials go on. You have to know when to put the little annoying um, animations in, stuff like that. That's all timed out ahead of time based on the tape, the, the times that are given to you on that. So you don't mess with that stuff because if you do that, that can screw everything else up. So um, there was um, some stuff going around saying that that was purposely done. It wasn't. So needless to say, um, one site decided to take that to the next level and make kind of a mocking of that. Talking about conservative lawmakers in Kansas are um, basically trying to show um, banned from Kansas as being part of liberal brainwashing. Uh, sadly, this almost feels like, you know, reading this article, you almost believe it. But it's a mock it's a, article. It's a good piece of satire. Yes, and it's based off of a, a, a misunderstanding that really started up some articles talking about Kansas doing this. So uh, I'm glad to see the show's getting the publicity, though, even if it is mock articles like this. Sure. Because, you know, that's a good thing. Then I added tonight, because this um a reference to last night's episode, there were some complaints about okay, every episode um has talk of real scientists and the real discoveries and the real, really what they did for science and where they took it and apparently a couple of weeks ago um they were referring to a father and son um team what is it what is it i'm probably a sky full of ghosts yeah um william and john herschel and yep. there was no mention of the um John's sister Caroline um, helped the uh, astronomical observation and apparently discovered a comet all her own. And so there was a lot of stuff criticizing that. Like, Wait a minute, why is this? You know, why aren't you focusing on her? Uh, but last night's episode um, focused on a whole team of women that really did some amazing stuff at cataloging stars and figuring out how we now look at the stars and determine um, what they're made of, how hot they are, their size, stuff like that. All came from this group of women. Uh, 1886. Okay, you want to talk about how cool and interconnected all this stuff is. The way we see, you know, we know today for a fact what stars are like started from a group of women in 1886. Cataloging. It was just one of those awesome things. So, you know, this is saying we are, it is giving um, props to the women involved in science as well. So, you know, it, it I, I think in some ways it's hard to include everyone. So you know, what they have focused on, they only have enough. So to skip Caroline, I don't know. You know, I, I I don't don't know much about her, so I can't really say how important it was to her brother and nephew. Um, scientific discoveries, but at time can't go into all the details on everyone. So I can understand jumping that, but it's they're not trying to be sexist. The you know, like I said, last night's episode was you know, showing just how strong and determined these women were. To be part of the whole um, discovery of oh, it, it's just awesome. Another, like I said, the show's well worth watching. It is so incredible what you can learn from it. Even if you think you know everything, it is worth watching. All right, so very I've good. Learned uh, watching it, I've learned about a number of scientists I'd never heard of, like yeah. uh, Robert Hooke. That was even if he was. <laughs> kind of a dick. He's yeah. fascinating to hear about. And that's one thing that they have shown is there are assholes in science. In fact, the woman one, um, one of the women they focused on, I can't, I'm horrible with names, so, um, but she's basically the one that realized the information they were getting, you could use to determine the heat of the stars. And she wrote um, an um, essay on it and gave it to um, one of the professors. Well, the professor read through it and it was saying that um, the hydrogen and helium were like a million times, those are like a million times more hydrogen and helium in stars than there are iron and stuff. And the professor like, no, 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 that's impossible. And gave, sent it back to her with notes saying, you know, this is this this can't be. You're wrong, you know. And she actually initially gave in, said, okay, you know, was broken. But then years later, he realized his mistake and apparently came out and admitted, I was wrong. This essay is correct, and gave her full prop for the work she did. And suddenly, the essay took off. A, you know, a huge important essay in astronomy it took us to all sorts of um, places because okay we you know this is you know accurate now we know it and she apparently put something in there talking about how you have to stand ground on this stuff because you know, there are people who aren't willing to accept they are wrong but you part of science is you have to stand your ground and say no 
this is what everything looks like it connects together to form. This is the path to follow. And to not um, take the criticism of the people that aren't ready to accept the new ideas. So. All right. Guys, is there anything else? We're going to talk about Big Box Store. No, we're going to wrap it up there. Big Box Store is going to have to wait. Yeah. All right. Anything else? No, I think we're good. All right. Say goodnight, everybody. Good night. Well, if you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. You could always roast us in a voicemail at 720-295-7785. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons share-alike, no-derivatives, 3.5 license. So, hand it to an unsuspecting friend, but please, just don't change the content. Intro music by Peter Canold. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraitry.